Okay, so I'm all alone this week. Uh, Stuart is in Hawaii on vacation, so that'll be a little interesting. Um, I'm going to try and do my best to call in Cowherd um, impression, I guess, or maybe Mike Francesa, depending on who you like. Um, But I think we should start out this week with uh, a little talk about how the Sooners played this week because, well, to say the least, it was extremely impressive. Um, I want to start with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's been insane when it comes to his stats and the numbers he's been putting up. But this week, I was extremely impressed with his ability to throw the football. It was, he looked like a quarterback out there, and the ball wasn't quite spinning great but his delivery was his timing and Gus Johnson said it was like he's putting it in it wasn't bread basket I like to say bread basket but he was putting it um in just in the perfect places a couple of those throws to Rambo were just like wow and they weren't just short and intermediate routes it was it was a very impressive showing from Jalen this week and I, just a couple of the throws made me think wow this is a real quarterback and I firmly believe by the end of the season, OU will be able to play with anyone in the country. Um, speaking of Rambo, who we just who I just mentioned, um, the dude is legit. Like, CD is obviously the best receiver on the team, most talented, most he is the number one receiver on the team. But Rambo's speed makes him such a weapon. It's it's as if they didn't lose Marquise Brown. Now, I'm not saying he is Marquise Brown, but what I am saying is that the kid can flat-out fly, and he's got good hands. It, he is a game-breaker when he's out there on the field, and anyone in attendance can see it. Anyone watching on TV can see it. The kid can flat-out play, and it makes that OU offense that much more dangerous because, obviously, you're going to have you're going to have CD and he's going to be, you're going to have to double him. Like you just can't cover him and you're going to have Calcaterra and you're going to have, uh, you're always going to have the fullback out of the backfield with OU's offense. But having that speed demon of a receiver like Brown, uh, like DD Westbrook, it's the ultimate weapon for the OU offense, especially when they have these big physical receivers like CD. Um, Rambo is, Rambo will finish the year just it's a fact I think barring injury he will finish the year with better numbers than CD is he a better receiver no but the dude is legit and it it just gives that defense as if the defenses that OU plays need something else to worry about quite frankly he he is gonna he's gonna win football games for OU like they're not gonna play perfect throughout the year obviously they're not gonna keep blowing everyone out every team has hiccups along the way we saw that with Clemson this week and we'll get in I'll get into that later but that this, ooh, I just hit the mic. I'm sorry if that made some uh, different noise. But this OU team, he he can be that difference that takes them from really good to, wow, you literally cannot stop them on offense. And one other thing that's been really great about the offense is it's being so complementary to the defense. The defense is actually good this year for OU. And that's, quite frankly, no, but no, we haven't seen that in years, okay? The the OU defense is a laughing stock. It's why people think the Big 12 can't play defense because in bowl season, 
the Big 12 actually shows up and plays really good defense against the opposing conferences. They do it every year against the SEC. They do it every year against the Pac-12. The Big 12 can play defense. The offenses in the Big 12 are so good. Do they play defense like the Big 10 or the or the SEC? No, but they can play defense. If you look at points per possession, the Big 12 actually is almost on par with the national average because there's so many more possessions in the Big 12 because the offenses are moving so fast. The offenses or the defenses, excuse me, they look worse. And you saw that so much with OU. Not only was their defense terrible and bad at tackling, but Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield would take teams up and down the field instantly. And this OU team, they can hold the ball and just pound it down your throat constantly with Jalen taking these short routes and just running the ball up and down with Sermon and Brooks. And but they also, this week, they show that they can do the big play. So this this OU offense is insane. But the complementary effect to the defense is so, it's what makes the defense so good this year. The OU defense is not giving up that many points. They gave up 16 points this week to Texas Tech. The, now, I know Bowman didn't play. So it was like, you're playing Jet Duffy. And I know the other kids started, but Duffy played, I don't know, 80% of the snaps. So he's not a good quarterback, but just... Any Big 12 offense is not that shabby. Like, you're dealing with a pretty good offense when you play in the Big 12. And what we saw from this OU defense is that they're legit. They can play. Now, they're not Clemson's defense. They're not Alabama's defense. They're not Ohio State's defense. But Alex Grinch has got them right as much as we could expect in a one-year change. He's done monumental just drastic changes to this defense, and it's like it's an entirely new unit. It He's still got Mike Stoops' guys, and they look fantastic, okay? This this OU defense is scary, and, the, like, OU with an average defense is absolutely terrifying to anyone. No one wants to play an OU team with an average defense. The other big takeaway I had from this week is CD finally got involved. We know how talented he is. We know what he's capable of. He, it was he was almost like half the times he was getting the ball, he was he was touching the ball, he was scoring. But the problem was up until this week, he wasn't getting the ball that much. He wasn't touching the ball that often. But he had quite a few catches this week. He went for over 100 yards, had a couple touchdowns, might have had three touchdowns. The that was important to me, and I know Stewart would always talk about how he's not concerned about CD. Um, but personally, I just I was never worried that the talent wasn't there. I just wanted Lincoln to get him the ball, get him more in sync with the offense, because there's going to be na- games where you need to lean on that guy because he's a legit NFL receiver, and quite frankly, he'll probably be the first receiver off the board. Um, he he is insane as a freak and you just when you have a talent like that you have to make a concerted effort to get them the ball if they are not getting the ball within your offense it's just something you have to do when they are that good um that's those were my main takeaways from the game that happened in norman um stewart was there but again he's in hawaii so he can't really give his take this week but uh it'll just be me this week but um we also, or I also, really liked what I saw from Stillwater this weekend. Uh, the Cowboys look good. They're ranked in the top 25 now. The nation is kind of on notice. Um, and one of the main reasons is the defense. Defense in Stillwater, right, doesn't happen too often. All I'm saying is, please don't get my hopes up to break my heart again. Like, I know you, you 
you Cowboys love to do it, but they looked good last week. I mean, they shut down that, and K-State is not a lethal offense by any means, but K-State is a very decent football team. They are the second best team we've played all year, and the Cowboys shut them down. What I've really noticed this year is our pass coverage is very good, and our run stopping is mediocre, and usually it's been the other way around. We've been really able to get in the backfield, and we haven't been able to stop the, the ball being thrown in the air. But this year, we can really, as much as I hate Malcolm Rodriguez when it comes to run stopping, he's a great weapon as a coverage linebacker. And Rodarius Williams and A.J. Green, they're both gonna, they'll both get drafted after this year. They're both having great years. Um, they'll, they'll probably both be late-round draft picks. And uh, if Rodarius isn't drafted, Green will definitely be drafted, especially because of his size and his speed. He, he will get drafted. But if Rodarius doesn't get drafted, he will sign somewhere. The kid is... He's having a great year. Um, and this defense, I love it. What did they give up? 13 points this week? Fantastic. I mean, we've we've seen terrible K-State offenses come into Silver. I was at that game two years ago where Byron Pringle tore apart. Stuart and I love to talk about that. We went that one together. It it was embarrassing to just watch a mediocre offense tear apart our atrocious defense. But you know what? This year, our defense is doing something, and they've got to say, and it really is a weapon for this team. Like, we are so much better when we have a defense, and this year, we have a defense. Um, another thing, let's talk about how Spencer played. Obviously, we'll get into Chuba. Big day, big day. But let's talk about how Spence played first. So, again, inconsistent. Um, not great. But there were moments where you saw flashes, there was one where he made a throw on the run, kind of going across his body, just got it out real quick to Tylen. that I was like, hold up, Spence just made that throw? That's a big boy throw. Um, things like that is just so, so, make me so hopeful for what he can be. I apologize if you hear the phone ringing in the background. There's nothing I can do about that, but I will just, hopefully it'll stop soon. Um, he, he really impressed me with some of the throws he was able to make, and he was really, the timing on some of them was really good. And uh, it, it was, he's still running the ball well, but his throwing is slowly improving each and every week. And you know what? I think by week 13, when we have to play OU, I think he'll be a very, very good college football quarterback. And that's really what I'm looking for. I want him to be ready for that game, and that's what I'm looking at. Um, one thing I am really concerned about, the only negative I took from this game, why can't we score in the red zone? I thought Sean Gleason was supposed to be a red zone specialist. Now, he's calling good games, but we are not scoring in the red zone. And I'm going to give him time. It's very early into his tenure. I was very fed up with Yurchich because he'd been here for years and years and no improvement. Um, with Gleason, uh, he's, he what is it's five games he's been the offensive coordinator for. You've got to give him a couple years. But what I'm saying is we got to be able to punch it in the red zone. Field goals aren't going to cut it when we play OU. Um, field goals can cut it against a, a team that's lesser talented than us. But against OU, we're going to need to do better. We're going to need to punch it in the end zone. We're going to need to get six every single time we're in the red zone if we want to win that game. And that's the game we want to win this year, right? So on a more happy note, uh, Chuba Hubbard, that is... Joel Klatt said it best, or was it Kirk Herbstreit? One of the two said, Chuba Hubbard is a dude. And that's all I can say. 
He has 980 rush yards through five games. And one of those games, he had eight carries for 44 yards against McNeese. Like, he basically has 900 and he has 944 yards. No, 936 yards in four games. Four games. That's, the, he has been an absolute workhorse. And the thing is, we need him to be. We don't have a backup tailback, and he puts the team on his shoulders, and I love it. The dude runs hard for all four quarters. He he consistently has the speed to break away. It's been fantastic. It, it, it He hits. He does exactly what you need him to do every week, and that's all you can ask for. The, he's getting love all over the nation. They're, they're talking about him as a Heisman contender. Honestly, season ended right now. He probably wins the Doak Walker. Mm. Well, maybe Jonathan Taylor for how he played against Michigan. But right now, it's Jonathan Taylor and Chuba Hubbard that are the running backs on the national spotlight. Not DeAndre Swift, not Travis Etienne. It is Chuba Hubbard and Jonathan Taylor. And if you told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have been overjoyed. The kid is special. I just hope he comes back for one more year. I just want one more year with Chuba. But the way he's playing right now, I'm sure NFL teams are on watch. He is, wow. That's all I'm saying. Um, this game, though, did solidify for me as a whole that OSU is the third best team in the conference. They are, to me, clearly that if they play up to their potential each and every game, they should win out and be 10-1 and going into the Bedlam game. And we'll see what happens there. Um, they, the defense looks good. The offense is growing up each and every week. Chuba's always going to be lights out. Tylen's always going to be lights out. And as Spencer continues to mature, we'll only get more lethal with the ball in our hands. And that's all you can ask for, um, especially with a freshman quarterback. But um, now, I had this written down in my outline. Call me crazy, but I think we can win Bedlam. And I know if you like OU and you listen to this podcast, which I don't know how many of you there are, um, I know not too many people listen to this, but and I'm sure you will laugh at me when I say this, because OSU never beats OU. They always find a way to win, lose. They always find a way to lose. But this team, I think they're capable of doing and pulling, doing the spectacular and pulling off the impossible. Um, this OU defense is a lot better, but I don't think they're going to stop Chuba, especially if Spence matures more. Now, if Spence doesn't get any better between now and that uh, that game in Stillwater at the end of the year. We probably don't stand a chance. But if Spencer continues to improve, and we are a very balanced team, I'm not saying we're going to win, but I am saying we can. And I am very excited to see how this team continues to mature throughout the season. Uh, The rest of the schedule lines up really good. TCU is at home. Uh, we, We have Baylor at home, I believe. And... Uh, we got to go to Texas Tech this week, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But with Bowman being out, that plays into our favor. Um, this this schedule looks really good to me. I firmly believe that going into Bedlam, both teams will be in the top 10. OU probably in the top four. And then uh, OSU will be like ninth or eighth, I think, because they'll just keep winning, and I think that people will respect it. And the loss to Texas, six points in Austin. They were in it till the very end. Um I think Bedlam's going to be exciting this year is what I've put together from these first five weeks of the college football season, and I'm I'm very pleased. This OSU team is 
uh, outperforming my expectations greatly. I could have never expected it to be this good. I knew Chuba was talented, but I didn't know he was this good. I don't think anyone knew he was this good. To be honest, I don't know if Mike Gundy or Sean Gleason knew he was this good. Um, maybe they did, but this that kid is balling out right now. Thailand has continued right from where he left off, and Jim Knowles has got himself a defense. So I, I'm excited to see what the season holds. It's They've got my hopes up, and usually when they do this, they break my heart, but let's pray that it's not this year. Um, so let's, let's turn our attention from uh, last week to this week. Uh, we go to Lubbock. Um, basically what I want from this game as a Cowboy fan is go in there and do what OU just did to Texas Tech and do the same thing. Now, I don't think we'll probably win by as much. We're not as good as OU is right now. Obviously, OU is a a significantly better team currently. They are a a better football team, but we got to hold Texas Tech under about 25. Uh, we, we got to hang out about 40 on them. And anything less is um, maybe a cause for concern because th- this is not a good Texas Tech team. They don't have Alan Bowman. Um, it- it's just they're not going to be super lethal with the ball in their hands, and they're not as creative with Cliff Kingsbury gone when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So I really think that this OSU team needs to go in and it needs to blow out Texas Tech. And that's, that, that is what if we want – to keep the expectations where they are at right now for this Cowboys team. If we want to consistently keep moving up in the rankings, solidify ourselves as a legitimate uh, football team on the national landscape, this is what they got to keep doing. Uh, the rest of the season is just about taking care of business and winning each and every game until Bedlam. That's all there is to it. Um, th- this could be a trap game, obviously. Lubbock is a hard place to play if we don't bring our A game, if we come out a little flat like we did against McNeese or Tulsa in that second quarter. Um, things could go bad, obviously. like it, it, Texas Tech is not a pushover. They are still a decent football team. Should we destroy them? Yes. But if we don't bring our A game, will they play with us? Of course. So we cannot fall into the trap of this game. We have to bring our best A game, and we have to show out and say, hey, we're legitimately the third best team in this conference, and oh, you better have that date circled on their calendar week 13 because they're going to come into Boone Pickens, and it's not going to be easy. Um, so, yeah, take care of business. And this is, this is where it starts. Taking care of business starts right now because each and every game throughout the rest of the year, we will be favored, and we should win that game. So let's, let's prove everyone right, and let's get to Bedlam and see what happens there. Um, as far as OU goes, uh, they're in Lawrence, right? Um, so who, who cares? Um, (laughs) like this is an opportunity for Jalen to pad his stats more, continue his Heisman candidacy. And honestly, right now, the way he's going, you can just tell by the end of the season, he's probably going to win it all or win the Heisman. Sorry. Um, He's just really good. He's beginning to throw the ball down the field, and that's just everything you could ask of him. Um, the other big thing about this game is just avoid injury. Like, don't nobody can get hurt. It's Kansas. Like, get the starters out quick. Let, let's like if you are a Sooner fan, if you're Lincoln Riley, it, like you just don't want anybody to get hurt. You want to be healthy. Texas is coming up soon. Like, did. 
this is what it's all about. I mean, you got to go down to Dallas and play the Red River game in a week. So what, what, why would we want anybody to get hurt against Kansas? Let's get them out, keep them healthy, keep them fresh. Um, this is another opportunity, though, for the defense, right? We remember, we, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you, uh, you care enough about football because I know the people I know that don't care about football, they turned it on and then got bored 10 minutes in because, you know what? They don't like football that much. Um, but you know that OU got absolutely torched by Kansas last year. I mean, they gave up 40-something points. Puka Williams ran wild. And this is another opportunity for that OU defense to show improvement, right? Because there will be doubters every single week. Because it's OU, OU can't play defense. And that's just how it's been for the last five to ten years. Like, the last time they had defense, I mean, like, was Bradford there? <laughs> like, they just haven't been a solid defensive team since then. And this is their chance to continue that slow uh regaining of respect on that side of the ball that they have been uh doing this these first few weeks of the season and honestly um I I think they're going to keep doing it uh Kansas is not very good but that's just something really important that uh they're going to need to do this week if if I'm Alex Grinch I'm preaching you know like we are going to pitch a shutout Kansas stinks like we are we are good enough to pitch a shutout we're going to turn them over and we're going to they're going to lay an egg on that scoreboard and if OU does that like the nation is on notice it I know it's Kansas but the OU defense last year gave up 45 points to a two win Kansas team so the the defense improving that significantly and the offense literally not missing a beat I was convinced at the beginning of the year the offense would miss a beat I don't think it's going to miss a beat by the end of the season, it's going to be that same OU offense, and it's just quite mind-boggling how Lincoln Riley can consistently churn out the players and do that. It's so impressive. But that defense improving changes the entire scenario for the Oklahoma Sooners. They become a legitimate national title contender instead of that fourth playoff team. They can actually win it if the defense is legit. Now, uh, that basically covers the in-state stuff for this week. Um, uh, Last week was very good. Next week, we just hope for more of the same. Um, as far as the rest of the country goes, uh, let's talk a little Ohio State. Um, people are saying they're the best team in the country, uh, especially after how Clemson played, and we'll get into that in just a second. That's our next topic. Um, but really, I know Ohio State hasn't played anybody, and everyone is buying. I'm okay, so I'm. Everyone that's buying Ohio State stock, I'm going to play the devil's advocate card of, well, they haven't played anybody. And everyone who says they haven't played anybody, I'll say, well, they've smacked everybody. So I really don't know where to be. I mean, they went into Lincoln, and they took it to Nebraska. Adrian Martinez looked like a high school quarterback. Let's be real. That that Ohio State team is insane. And Justin Fields just doesn't turn the ball over. He's so efficient, and it's a, he's a touchdown machine. Um, this is this Ohio State team is ridiculous. Um, they they keep taking care of business, and uh, obviously they still got to pay. They got to play Penn State. Uh, they got to play Michigan, and they'll probably have to play Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship. They have tests that lie ahead. Michigan they'll probably handle easily. Um, it it's uh, it's in Columbus this year, I believe. So um, as much as I want my preseason prediction of Michigan to be playoff team it's just they're not great their offensive line is terrible and Ohio State is legit um 
it's just so impressive, too, when you think about the quarterbacks that Georgia's had with, between Jacob Eason, a starter on a top 15 team with Washington. They've got Justin Fields, starter on a top five team, and Jake Fromm, their quarterback right now. It, that's To have that wealth of riches at one position at one school, especially the most important position, it, it's, it's quite frankly just absurd. But back to Ohio State. I think that they... This year's national championship is much more open than we thought it was at the beginning of the year, right? We thought we were destined for Clemson, Alabama, part five. And that that's what everyone was assuming. I was assuming that. Stewart was assuming that. Um, Stewart typically has, like, terrible football takes. Um, and everybody that we know kind of makes fun of him because it's like, Stuart, really, you just said that. But um, he was right on about Ohio State. Um <laughs> Let's be real. I'm, I'm going to give them some credit that they are insanely talented. And Alabama has shown a little bit of weakness on the defensive side of the football. And uh, as far as Clemson goes, they have showed a little bit of weakness on the offensive side of the football. So um, two things that we thought would be uh, ginormous strengths for both of those teams have turned out to be a little bit of question marks. And not so much question marks in the term of a normal football team, question marks in the term of, well, Alabama's supposed to have one of the best defenses in the country every year. And honestly, LSU is good enough to compete for the national championship. Georgia most likely is good enough to compete for the national championship. Uh, OU is most likely good enough to compete for the national championship. So you're looking at about six or seven teams, and quite frankly, Wisconsin or Penn State might be able to compete for the national championship. Those two teams have been very impressive, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, both of those teams. Um, there are a lot of teams that can compete for the national championship this year. It's much more open than we were expecting. I'm very excited for uh, these weeks down the stretch of the college football season. It's going to be thrilling. It's going to be exciting, and I just can't wait to see how it unfolds. Um, as far as Clemson goes, what just happened in Chapel Hill? Um, the main thing for me is Clemson escaped with a win. I know the typical Clemson team every year has that one game where you're like, hold up, why is the other team playing with them, you know? It was like, holy cow, why is this happening? Last year, it was Syracuse. The year before, they lost to Syracuse, didn't they? Or maybe they didn't. There was one game that they lost to Syracuse, and then last year, they almost got beat by Syracuse, and they almost got beat by NM. But they escaped every single time. So I'm not terribly worried about Clemson. Um, I, I would have to see a more this on a more consistent basis before I would begin to worry about Clemson because I know how hard it is to play 13 perfect weeks of college football. Um, it, it, it is impossible to do, quite frankly. Um, even though Clemson went 15-0 and last year, those 13 regular season weeks were not perfect. They 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 were just weren't, and that's just a fact. Um, so... I'm not terribly worried from my point of view. I don't think people should start freaking out about Clemson. Um, uh, but speaking of Clemson, right now their best win is AM, right? At home by 14. And AM kind of is terrible. Um, they were in a game with Arkansas this week. And Arkansas just got beat by San Jose State, who lost to Tulsa. Okay, so Arkansas, quite frankly, might be one of the worst Power 5 teams in America. I mean, you're looking at Arkansas, Vanderbilt, uh, Oregon State. Like, they're 
terrible teams. Uh, Rutgers, you know, the, these are the, the bottom of the Power Five. Like, group of five teams can take care of them. Um, and A&M just had to play a nail-biter with Arkansas. So that really just shows that A&M isn't all that. And, you know, Trey, I know you're listening. You're going you're gonna to talk to me in econ, and you're going to say, Cortai, you're going to admit Kellen Mond isn't great yet. I'm going to admit Kellen Mond is not as good as he was last year, Trey. I acknowledge that. Um, he has been much worse this year. He hasn't been uh, quite to the uh, ability that he had last year. He hasn't played quite up to the ability he had last year. And there's been a drop-off for Texas A&M, and they're just not a great football team. Um, but I obviously, give Jimbo Fisher a couple more years, they'll get better. But right now, they're not looking good, which makes Ohio or not Ohio State makes Clemson's resume look a little weaker because Texas A&M was the big one, right? Because the ACC is garbage, and it was there. Like, hey, we played someone non-conference that's kind of decent, but really, is A&M that decent? What we learned from this week and past weeks is probably not. Um, Wisconsin, they are legit, and they had a little bit of a hiccup, I guess. I mean, they they beat they beat uh, Northwestern by two scores, but they gave up their first uh, non-garbage time touchdowns of the year, and you know that that that's so impressive that it took until week five for that to happen. This Wisconsin team is very good. Um, honestly, the Big Ten, they between Wisconsin. Penn State, who we're about to talk about in a couple segments, um, and Ohio State, they have three legitimate teams that I feel that right now we don't know, but we can guess that there's they have a ceiling of, hey, we can make the college football playoff. And that's, that's very impressive to me. Uh, Michigan's not there, but Wisconsin, they're just, they've earned the respect of the nation, and they're they're able to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor, obviously. But Jack Cohn can throw it a little, and that Wisconsin defense is so, so impressive. They just don't give up points. And when you don't give up points, the other team can't really win. So uh, that's just a fact of the game of football, and Wisconsin is very good at that part of it. Um, let's do uh, – I'll mix – I had Florida up next, but let's talk Penn State since we just talked about them. Uh Penn State is blowing everybody out. They didn't blow out Pittsburgh, 17-10, to 10, but that's a rivalry game. Pitt gets up for that every year, and Pitt's not that bad. I mean, they beat UCF. Um, Pitt, I think, when they are at their full uh, capabilities, they are not a bad football team, especially how amped up they get to play Penn State. But Penn State has been very impressive every other week, hanging 40, 50 points, 60 points. They are a very talented football team. They are been smacking around everyone they play, doing exactly what they should be doing. And that's the thing. It's one thing to beat teams, but it's another thing to embarrass them. And Penn State is embarrassing teams. It is quite. It, it, I keep saying quite frankly way too much in this pod on this pod uh, this episode. Um, but it's it is impressive what they're doing, and I am excited to see them play Ohio State. I think it's going to be fantastic. I believe it's in Happy Valley, um, so that'll be very interesting. Um, I'm going to be excited for that game when it comes around. Um, so let's go back to, or actually, let's continue with the SEC, or the Big Ten, and then I will do two SEC segments back-to-back because they're both about Florida, but I had them in different order. I don't know. I'm 
I don't know. Maybe I'm a little disorganized because my, my other half is gone. Um, so, Michigan, you have a chance to redeem yourself this week, to announce, hey, we're still Michigan. We had a hiccup, but we're going to get things right, and we're going to be ready by the end of the season. Okay? They play Iowa at home this week. You've got a top 15 team coming to the big house. Show us something, Michigan. If you want to be relevant, and I know Michigan wants to be relevant, you have to you have to beat Iowa, and you have to beat Iowa convincingly. It, it can't be you skate by. Maybe Iowa plays a great game, and you play a great game, but you have, Michigan has to come out, and they have to take care of Iowa. It's that simple. If we want to start believing in Michigan again. That's just how it's going to be. They have to come out, take care of Iowa, and say, hey, Ohio State, we're not going to be a pushover this year. Hey, Penn State, we're not going to be a pushover this year. Wisconsin may have embarrassed us, but we are we have that memory in our head, and we're not going to let it happen. That's the kind of performance we need to see, the nation needs to see, from Michigan if we want to take them seriously. Um, now, let's move to Florida, finally. I've been talking about how I want to talk about Florida. Um, Kyle Trask. Dude is, he he's for real. Um, he's better than Felipe Franks. I'm I'm a big Felipe Franks guy. I think he's uh significantly he's hated on way too much. Um, he is a very decent college football quarterback. He's not bad. He he does his job and he is pretty good at it. Um, is he a gunslinger that you can just trust to throw for 300 yards every week? <laughs> Hex no. But you know what? He gets the job done. But what we've seen from Kyle Trask, the efficiency at which he's doing it, he came into that game against Kentucky. He brought them back this week against Towson. He was like 90%, 18 for 20 on his passes or something like that, something crazy. And it, the the kid has, there there hasn't been a drop-off. There's Florida has been better with Kyle Trask under center. And honestly, I think they have a better chance to do damage in the SEC East with Kyle Trask under center. And... I'm going to ask uh, the Florida Gators this week, um, please drink all your Gatorade and uh, play to the best of your abilities because somebody needs to beat Auburn. Auburn is not good at the football. It, you look at teams and you can be like, oh, they're good at the game of football. It, it, the, they look very good. Auburn has a fantastic defense. But Bo Nix, give me a break. The, the kid is going to be very talented. He... Or he is very talented. He's going to be very good. And like, you can see it. But the college game, especially in the SEC, is a little too much for him. You can tell. he He's not comfortable dropping back in the pocket. There's there's times where you're like, wow, this kid is the starting quarterback of a Division One team? Like, are you for real right now? Um, on, I say Division One And a top 10 SEC team. Like, this is... Like no, Auburn should not be in the top ten. They shouldn't have beat, they shouldn't have beat Oregon. They beat Texas A&M, but we've learned that Texas A&M isn't very good. And Bo Nix just doesn't complete that many passes very often. And so, please, Florida, just destroy Auburn. Um, I, I won't. I don't think we're gonna be doing uh, previews and predictions because I don't think it'll be very interesting. Um, when it comes to uh, just me, but I will say. I like Florida to win that game outright. I don't know what the spread is, but um, Florida is my pick for that game. Um, they, I think that Auburn is not a very good football team. There's a, they, they just, they, 
you know that saying like good teams win great teams cover right they just they don't and when you cover it's that impressive hey we put this we laid the the boom down on them they just it, Auburn doesn't do that and you can see it and so I'm begging the Florida Gators please 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 destroy Auburn just just make Auburn irrelevant like we know they're going to lose to LSU and Alabama, but if they lose to U2, it's just like no one is even going to think about them down the stretch. Um, in terms of the other game that I'm excited for this week, uh, besides obviously the in-state ones and uh, uh, Florida-Auburn, I think you got to look to Ohio State-Michigan State. Now, do I think Michigan State has a remotely a chance of defeating Ohio State? No, like... Have you been watching the two teams? It's very clear that Ohio State is very good and Michigan State is very average. But what I will tell you is this. Justin Fields hasn't played a defense yet. Nebraska, give me a break. Miami of Ohio, give me a break. Whatever other teams that Ohio State played, I I can't even remember because the teams are no names. Like, the teams are not good. Um, Like, you just, you look at them and you're, wow, really you scheduled that? But Ohio State obviously handled them clearly. But they play Michigan State, and Michigan State may not be able to move the football, but their defense, it's a solid defense. Like, that's an indisputable fact, that they are they are a real defense. And so I want to see what Justin Fields will do against them, right? Because in terms of the Heisman right now, you have the four quarterbacks. You have Justin Fields, you have Joe Burrow, you have Tua, and you have Jalen Hurts. And then in terms of running backs, people are talking about Jonathan Taylor and Shuba, right? Which... Love that they're talking about Shuba. Um, but Joe Burrow has done it on the big stage. We, we Two is more of a known commodity than Justin Fields is. Um, Jalen Hurts' numbers are just absurd. Like, dude is, like, it's not up for debate. And we know that with Lincoln Riley, he's going to keep doing it no matter who he plays. So it might not be to the degree it is right now, but he's still going to put up impressive numbers. But with Justin Fields, he started four games for a college football team in Power 5, right? He was at the backup at Georgia last year, and he came in some, and he, he did a little bit. But he was he was okay. And now he's at Ohio State, and he looks fantastic. But the most important thing to me is that he does it against a real football team. And Michigan State has a real defense. So we're going to see this week how he shows out. And honestly, I have complete faith in him. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to throw for three touchdowns, 250 yards, 300 yards, and run for a little bit more on the ground. Like he is, Justin Fields has done nothing but prove to me that he is everything he was advertised as out of high school. Um, He is, he has been quite, he's been flawless this year. I mean, no interceptions, like 18 or 20 touchdowns. Oh, I think 22 touchdowns. The kid is, he's special. Um, he's going to keep it going, I think. I firmly believe he'll keep it going against uh, Michigan State. Um, so, yeah, that probably wraps it up for this week's podcast. Um, I will say that uh, in terms of previews and predictions, obviously I think OU and OSU are going to win this week. They'll probably both cover, and I don't know about the over-under. Um, I didn't look at it. But these games just aren't terribly exciting in terms of, like, picking them. So we're not going to do that this week, especially with Stewart gone. But um, 
I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast for this week, and that'll do it for now. Uh, Thanks, and see you next week with hopefully two more wins under their belt. Thank you.